Welcome to She Breeds, where the goal of every podcast episode is to inspire and empower women to up-level and lean in to the best versions of themselves. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Um, Before we begin today's episode, I do just want to let you know that there's some little bit of ambient wind noise. Um, I am live with Beth Sanderson Hooper, who is a holistic wellness coach and a good friend of mine, and I've had her on before. Um, And she and I both have such busy schedules. We're both moms, and she's a full-time teacher. So it's like trying to coordinate our schedules is challenging. And so we found a small chunk of time in the day when she had a short break during her school day. And we got out of the school and we're sitting outside. And so there is a little bit of a wind in the background. So I just want to apologize for that little bit of ambient noise there. But you can just, if you can just kind of ignore it. Um, The cool thing about stuff like that is I feel like one of the reasons I love this podcast is because it's extremely organic and it's not super edited or edited at all, really. Um, And so sometimes to interview the people that I want to or to have the guest on the show that I really want to have, I just have to make things work in whatever way I can do that. So um, again, just sort of ignore the wind and enjoy the episode. And thanks again to Beth for taking the time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Breathes. I'm actually coming to you from Haywood Community College on a beautiful Tuesday, on a beautiful Tuesday, (laughs) and I'm excited to have Beth Sanderson Hooper back. Um, Do you guys remember her? She's so smart and fun, (laughs) and she is a teacher here, so we're grabbing some time in her lunch break-ish, and um, but yes, so we had her on a previous episode when we talked about um, fitness and wellness, and she's a wellness and fitness holistic coach, all the things. But um, and we talked about what we basically decided during that episode was that it's an inside job; it comes yep. from the inside. Yep. Like you know, sure. until you release that block on the inside, you're never going to have a body that you're proud of and that feels strong um, and worthy in your mind. So today, though, well, Beth, I'm gonna stop talking. Say hello to everyone. <laughs> hey, I am so happy to be back. I had so much fun last time. And anytime I am with you, Susanna, I feel like I could just talk to you forever. Um, We met for coffee the other day, which is what kind of inspired this whole conversation. Um, And I think what, we met at 1030 and the next, the first time, I'd say the next time, the first time I looked at my watch, it was already noon. And I think I could have sat and talked to you all day. Yeah, we had to keep, (laughs) we had to like make ourselves leave. It was, I love that though. (laughs) That's getting in the flow. That's a true connection. That's a true energy, like alignment. When, yeah, it was super fun. Like Matthew was like, did you run some errands and stuff? I'm like, nope, I was just with Beth the whole time. So, but anyway, during that conversation, we started, we have a lot of similar interests. And so... Um, we, so Beth told me about this experience that she had with hypnotherapy. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, telling people about it, um, I, I always, there's a little part of me that's like, oh my gosh, what are they going to be thinking about me? Um, but this all started from sort of my own journey and back to some of that conversation we had before about realizing that it's all this internal belief system and some of like, it doesn't matter what my body looked like. there was still this belief that I I wasn't there yet. I wasn't good enough. And it didn't matter how lean I got or how strong I got or how, you know, how much, how hard I worked, none of that stuff. Um, and so it came down to like, I'm asking myself, why can't I let this go? Why can't I let this go? Why am I not there yet? Why am I not there yet? 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it kind of came down to this understanding that like, okay, there's some work I'm not doing yet and it's internal. And so I follow this woman on Instagram and she's amazing and I have watched her evolve. Um, and her journey is very much like mine and like that, you know, just this first it starts with fitness and nutrition and I'm going to do this physically. Nope, it's not working. It's not physical. It's something else. It's something deeper. And so she went through this program. Um, it's uh, neuro-linguistic programming and sort of this self-limiting beliefs and some of it is learning how to do this hypnotherapy stuff. Um, and I am now currently in the program to learn how to do this stuff as well. I'm very new to it, so I'm a total beginner. But I had a session with her and it was about an hour and a half and we worked on some of that, you know, limiting belief around body issues. And I told, I told you, Susanna, the other day, I mean, it really was a very immediate shift. Like I could feel a difference just within the next, you know, couple days. Yes. Know. Yes. Um, yeah. thoughts, shifting thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you can only work on your nutrition and your workouts so much. Right. It's just that you hit a wall because it's not really about that. That's not and what it's so, about. Right. Yep. And we're, she and I are both working on this for different, like in different kind of like levels. I mean, I work on it some because not limited release around surrounding body image, but more of like, um, not having, so, you know, I'm divorced and when the boys are with their dad, I have a hard time releasing control and not knowing like their schedules and that kind of thing. And so I'm really working on releasing those limiting beliefs and those types of, um, like constrictive type, I don't know, mentality, blah, blah. But anyway, um, I loved hearing about her hypnotherapy and that's something that I've considered doing as well, but maybe I'll just have her do it when she's trained. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I have to practice as well. So I need some guinea pigs. I'll I'll be the first one. (laughs) Um, okay. So then that got us talking about our nervous systems and how a lot of our anxiety and stress and cortisol spikes really mostly just comes from a dysregulated nervous system, which I've been learning a lot about as, and so has Beth. And so I thought she could just give you a quick rundown, um, since she's going through all this holistic coaching and everything of the nervous system. It's for those of you that are sort of unaware. Right. So you think about the way that most of us are kind of existing day to day. Um, we're running around in this really, um, activated, response, right? So it's the fight or flight. You've probably heard of fight flight before. Um, and there's actually fight flight freeze or fawn and at different for different triggers or maybe in different environments or with different people, you might respond in different ways. Um, and most of us will have kind of, Oh, this is my thing, right? I, I tend to fawn. I'm more of a fawner, which is like sort of appeasing, you know, you're trying to kind of make everything okay by sort of being like, Oh yes, yes, this will be fine. Right. And then you can understand like fight would be like, you know, you're reacting like you're going to come at somebody. Um, flight would be like you're avoidant, you're running, um, and freeze, right. Would just be sort of that dissociation kind of thing. Um, but that's all going to be your sympathetic nervous system. And biologically, you know, you need it. You need to be able to go into that because that's all about survival. But then you start thinking about how if I'm always in survival mode, then what are the things that I'm unable to do? And so you've got your sympathetic nervous system, which is your um, activated fight flight uh, nervous system. But then you've got your parasympathetic and that's basically labeled the rest and digest. And so you need to come into rest and digest, um, in order to work on some of these like limiting beliefs and you need to come into rest and digest in order to recover. You need to come into rest and digest for your overall health. If you're always, like you said, you Mm -hmm. 
pumping these um, stress hormones into your body, which is cortisol, and the one we talk about all the time, um, epinephrine or epinephrine, you know, like you can't just keep pumping that. Um, your body eventually either stops responding or just stops, you know, pumping it. But anyway, um, yeah, there's got to be this balance. And it's not to say that you never go into your sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. But you can't just exist all the time. Right. Um, And so we have to get back to parasympathetic state. Right. And I feel like our culture is not helping us do that because we're like a hustle culture. And so we're always at this heightened, like frantic state. And even if I just sit down for 30 minutes to read a fiction novel, I feel guilty. I'm doing better with this. But reading for me is is a way to get me back to the rest and digest space or meditating, walking. Those are ways that Mm -hmm. I get back to the rest and digest. And I, every time I do one of those, I feel guilty that I'm not working or I'm not like planning or cleaning or any of those other things that make me feel more like my heightened, uh, you know, nervous system. So I'm working on this. And I'll say too, like, as you're sort of mentioning that, because I know we wanted to talk about the idea of beliefs, right? Um, and some of those are limiting beliefs and some of them are just beliefs that if you stop and you say, okay, why am I feeling guilty right now? Like, where is that coming from? Is, is that a value that I really have? Or did I get that from someone else? Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, we all, we're all children at some point and we're all sort of accepting values and belief systems from other people because that's all we can do. But at a certain point in your life, you get to, you get to choose, Mm -hmm. you know, do, is that real? Is that really true? Is that belief that if I take an hour for myself or 30 minutes for myself and I do this thing, is it really true that I'm being lazy? And if you stop and you say, well, no, that's not really true. Why do I believe that? Where did that belief come from? Um, but that's where, how you start shifting some mm-hmm. of those things. Right. Um, and it's the same with the body image stuff. You know, it's like, okay, well, I guess I believe this about my body. Well, why do I believe that? Right. Why, where did that even come from? And then you, that's how you can start to identify. Cause you have to identify it first. Right. And then you can start to kind of work through that and say, but that's not even really what I think. Right. 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 Oh yeah. Um, and I'm actually starting to feel more empowered because we talked about the rest is resistance movement as well mm. on this podcast where, um, her name just slipped my mind, but if you, if you Google rest and resistance, her name will come up, but her book is so good in her podcast, but it's basically saying that we are conditioned to feel like we have to hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes. And when you actually slow down and rest, it's kind of this form of like resistance. And the more I do it, the more empowered I feel because I feel very calm and in control. Whereas when I'm constantly running around like a crazy person, I don't feel in control and I'm getting all these things done, but I still don't feel in control. Right. And again, that goes back to that being in that sympathetic state, your frontal lobe is kind of offline. I mean, you are in survival reptilian brain. Of course you feel crazy quote unquote, because you're just in survival, Right. right? So to come back to parasympathetic, this is where you're grounded. This is where you can make those decisions from this place of like, okay, I, I'm thinking, I'm connected, this is what, you know, that some of that higher self stuff, yeah. right? Um, and I actually had a conversation with a client about this the other day because we were talking about, you know, some of that guilt around like, well, I don't feel like I really rank very high on the priority list, but you have to rank yourself up there in order to show up the way you want to show up. For everyone. Right, right, right. And you know, it's also, I think, um, the technology culture has also, is affecting this because our Mm. nervous systems have not evolved at the rate that technology has evolved. So we're extremely overstimulated just by the nature of the way that we live attached to devices. Whereas if you think about our parent generation and before that, even when we were kids in the Mm -hmm. 80s, we had relaxation built into our day, like boredom, going out to play outside. (laughs) Those are rest and digest states. 
Now it's like you watch kids and the minute they get bored, they get on a screen or the minute that they get bored, they turn on the television or something. So that is also activating the nervous system. And I just feel like because of that, we have to intentionally like build in things during our day that make us go back to rest and digest. And it's, it's tricky, but it's, it's, it's like it's um what's the word necessary yeah um so the next thing to segue into that you were talking about which i found interesting was this subconscious programming that we end up running in the in our brains in the back of our mind we end up running this almost like a computer program tell us where that comes from yeah so it is really um it's a good analogy to think of your brain as a computer and how um some of those like systems or programs or beliefs um that you've accepted now you're sort of running this program and you don't even, you're not even consciously aware of it, right? Until you kind of stop and you're like, okay, wait, where is this coming from? Um, but some of what the program I'm in now, it's, it's dealing with neuro-linguistic programming and they basically started calling it the science of manifestation. And so it, it comes down to this understanding that like, and I think I was trying to tell you this the other day, but like at any moment in time, there are millions of pieces of information kind of coming at us, right? Through our, our senses. Um, and we are then only consciously able to take 126 bits of those information, which I don't know where they came up yeah. with this or what, how, how they've researched this, but 126. And so then you start to think about how like, well, my brain has been programmed or trained to look for this 126 things. And you may be experiencing the same exact thing as I am, but it's a completely different experience, Mm. right? Because Uh your brain is looking for these things. And then you start thinking about how you really do end up having a lot of control if you can access, right? Some of this unconscious programming or subconscious programming, you can change your whole reality if you're thinking like, wow, there's look at all of this stuff that I'm ignoring. And I was kind of trying to describe it to you the other day with this analogy of like, say you're, you know, look at this huge, massive painting and maybe this painting, it goes onto the ceiling and it's all over the walls and, but it's completely dark and all you have is a flashlight. Right. And so your flashlight only sees this one little piece of the painting. And then you realize like how limited your perception might be. And if you can access some of that programming and change it and shift it, um, that, yeah, you could change your yeah, whole reality. Yeah, if you move where that flashlight is going. Right. Like, you don't just have to stare at that one spot or those exactly. few spots. I know. I think this is really fascinating. It's almost like when you, like, drive down a road and all of a sudden you see this beautiful tree and you're like, has that tree always been right? there? Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, yes. or it's like you meet, you just go to somewhere that you've always been and you see somebody that you didn't really, I don't know. It's like you, you know, we, we've actually experienced this in our life where we finally shift that mentality. Yes. But, um so yeah, so subconscious programming. So then we were talking about some of the ways to sort of, um, okay. Mm. So anything else? Oh, wait, you, you did say one thing about, I wanted you to go over it. Yeah, yeah. Shifting it. Um, we get to say, I don't want that program anymore right. and we can reprogram. So right. anything else on that before we kind of move on? Yeah. To- so, um, and I, for me, I was kind of trying to think myself back through as to like how, how I started I guess getting to the place where I'm like, okay, wait, I want to shift this or I, I don't really even know that I like this. I'm going to change. Cause yeah, it's not conscious. It's subconscious. Right. So I guess for me, I started thinking about purpose, right? If you kind of back yourself out, um, where are my beliefs coming from? Well, it's all attached to my identity, right. And my values. Well, my identity, my values are all attached to what I really believe my purpose is, right? So if I can back myself out to this place where I'm like, what am I doing here? Okay. (laughs) Why am I here? Um, And then you're kind of like, okay, so this is how I see myself. This is who I am. This is my identity. And then you start seeing if your beliefs and your values align with that. 
That's true. Right? Yeah, and then your actions need to align with yeah. the beliefs and your values. Well, see, and it all right. Yeah. So if you, and the biggest place to shift is in your identity. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where it's not like don't go focus on the behavior. Like I want to stop doing this, right? Because half the time you're like I want to stop doing it, but why can't I stop doing it? Mm-hmm. I can't stop doing it. Why uh-huh. am I doing that, right? So back yourself out to the identity level or the purpose level. Okay. Right? And that's that's the big shift. Okay. Okay. And then we're not, we we won't go into the weeds with this, but we, <laughs> in, a, in a future episode, we we were going to talk about archetypes and dharmas and th- things oh, like that. Yeah. And one of the things that moms end up doing is we end up identifying ourselves as a mm. mother, and then all of a sudden, when the kids start to grow up and not yeah. need us as much, we get very discombobulated because we have attached our identity to being a mother. And when mm. it seems like our kids don't need us quite as much, who am I? Yeah, yeah, who am I? Yeah. And so that's why it's important for mothers to also be kind of balancing that act as far as like nurturing oneself and finding your purpose, you know, aside from being a mother, because that's just part of your identity. Um, and so, but we are going to talk about that in a future episode. There's so much to talk about. (laughs) Um, but as we, um, and Beth has to get back to her classes here in a few, but I did want to talk about, we were, um, talking about some fun kind of ways to re-regulate the nervous system. If you're really feeling heightened, like, or she and I are both going to talk about some ways that we have found recently that kind of can get you back to a calm state if you're really feeling activated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, um, one thing is it's like this in fitness. I think it's like it with everything. And it's part of the culture. Like we want to have that immediate, like big shift, but anything you can do, any little tiny thing you can do, it's like coins in that piggy bank. You know, it's like you will eventually start to see big shifts, but it does kind of take that build up over right. time. Right. And you so need just, to have a lot of uh, tools in your toolkit. Yes. You can't just have one thing that you try to do every time. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and I, I know like we'll mention a few and I know that everything is not for everybody. Right. Right. So try a few and don't give up on it. But um, for me, probably one of the biggest things has been journaling. And the reason um, is because things that I'm not able to necessarily see myself, it's it's like I'll journal and I won't even realize there's a theme coming Mm. up. Um, for me, one of, I didn't even realize consciously that one of my big values is freedom Mm. And then I, I actually had to read back through my journal and have someone else kind of point out to me like, hey, you keep talking about this idea of freedom. Um, and I kept, you know, having these like images of like island girl and butterflies mm, okay. and just, just right. So you're kind of like this thematic thing. So for me, journaling, um, I love it just because you may not have those big aha moments um, every time. But then sometimes you go back and yeah. you're like, whoa, this is kind of freaky. <laughs> well, it's a calming activity. Yeah. Even just the muscular yes. um, act of writing is calming. Yes. And getting things out. That's another, um, that research has shown that as well. Um, that just to kind of brain dump, um, just sit down and just start writing. Just get it out. And even if you don't believe it's going to work, you know, take five minutes, sit down, see what comes out and then close it. Don't yeah. even come back to read it. Right. Right. Yeah. That can be a shift as well. Okay. Um, well, one of mine, of course, is meditation, which I talk about a lot. And recently, I've been doing this meditation challenge with Gabby Bernstein. It's a 21-day challenge. But a couple of times, I've had some really, you know, pretty intense visions. And so mm. I think I've decided one thing I've noticed is that um, listening to binaural wave music. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I think that's how you say it. It's okay. B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L. Okay. And so it's kind of this music which activates the alpha theta. It activates, mm, it yes. bounces back and forth the brain waves. So yes. you are actually at a calming state. And yes. I think what I'm learning is that for me, listening to that gets me into that deeper state of meditation much mm-hmm. quicker than trying to just sit there in the complete silence. Yes. Um, 
And so that's been, that's been a really healing thing for me. And I, I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, meditation. It's like so <laughs> exhausting. But honestly, it's just five, ten minutes yeah. just get into that deeper state. Yeah. Um, that really re-regulates mine. Um, a fun one that you talked about recently was the shaking. or the, yes, What is it called? Somatic okay. shaking. Somatic shaking. Yes. Okay. Um, and this is, um, I had never actually done it before. I'd heard of it before. Um, but in the program that I'm in now, um, she goes over it and has, you know, encouraged us to practice it. So the other day, um, I took her favorite song, which is the Florence and the Machine, um, Shake It Out, I think is the name of it. Um, and so I put it on and Pepper, my daughter and I, we just crazy danced all around the house. And I tell you, I mean, it was a whole energy shift and it took three minutes. Yeah. And I mean, kitchen dancing, like dancing for our generation too. I saw this meme where I had like a teenager, today's teenager on her phone scrolling and the mom was like dancing in the background to whoop. There it is. And I'm like, or bust a move. And I'm like, that is so us just like dancing. It can be the shaking, somatic shaking, which if you look it up, it's like a total thing. Right. Or it can just be fun dancing. Like, no, and I think for me, somatic shaking, right. It's, it's like at first I'm like, okay, so there's a technique. I've got to figure it out. I've got to do it right. No, it literally, I mean, think of, like, and it all comes, you know, back to, like, you think of animals in the wild, right? Um, your dog, right? Your dog shakes. Right. Right? It shakes it shakes stuff out. Like, right? an animal that's been chased by some sort of predator, if it doesn't get caught and it survives, it shakes it out, right? It's this energetic release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people need it too we hmm. just don't do it we store it yeah. we store it in our bodies okay. and that's you know that the body yeah. keeps the score right, like right. you've got it all stored um so yeah it's like i'm taking a lot of this stuff and i'm doing it with pepper and i'm hoping that you know that yes sort of i mean think about how much generation. we sit still the whole day yes. so no you're right like just the, it's so true about the dog i hadn't thought about that but yep. our dogs do that shaking thing all like when they yep. stand up from resting they do this like yep. shaking thing shake it out hello we need to be more um, like our dogs i wanted to mention too because this has been a new one for me meditation is something that I've tried before, but this is sort of a version of meditation that I've never really tried. And it's been really good for me. Um, if you feel like there are things you need to let go of, um, it's sort of this releasing sort of practice. So it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's called centering prayer. And sort of the idea is to get to your center without any of the attachments. Mm. Right. And so you just come up with a word. And for me, what I've been doing is like peace, Um, I've even just kind of said over and over, like, let it go, let it go. And so what the practice is, is the stuff that pops in your mind, right? It's like, okay, my relationship, let it go. Okay. I'm worried about this certain thing with pepper coming, let it go. Okay. And just over and over, you just let it go, let it go, let it go. And you do that for five minutes, you know, and again, it's this cumulative thing. Um, you will automatically have some of those, um, positive benefits to getting back into the parasympathetic state but like big yeah internal yeah. shift oh yeah keep after it I um, have some of those too those yeah. mantras those repetitive mantras some of mine are all as well I am safe it's it feels mm. good to feel good we're really bad like if we start to feel good one day it's almost like we try to sabotage it yeah by, by make it by worrying that something's going to happen which worrying I'm learning is just a big imagination creating things that aren't going to happen in the future. Like basically worrying is such a waste of time because right, we're literally right. just imagining it's things future. that are not going to happen. Right. Traditionally tr- 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 are not going to happen. Right. So um, wouldn't it make just as much sense to think about all the amazing things that are going to happen? I know. Right? Or manifest. Um, all right. Well, folks, we have so much more that we could talk about. Um, I have, I may pop up. Uh, Beth has to go back to her class, but I may come back and tell you a couple more of these release activities I've been doing lately um, to kind of get back to that um, 
parasympathetic. Which one's the rest and digest? Parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. I know. I think about rest and digest, and, and then the fight and flight. Those are the, the way I think about it. But yeah. I, I, that's I like your terms. So tell everybody where they can find you if they do want to um, start getting some coaching, wellness coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am on Instagram and Facebook as Your Power Potential. Okay. Yes, she is. And she is powerful. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, we'll have Beth on again soon. Thanks, guys. Well, that was really fun. And I am so glad that Beth was able to um, carve a little bit of time out of her day. And so she's back in her in her classroom teaching those lucky kiddos that get to have her as a teacher. But I did want to... um, offer a couple of more things that I've been doing lately that help to regulate my nervous system. And they're both really cool sort of metaphysical activities that I feel have been working really well for me. Um, and they're, they're both part of my meditation challenge. And so I'm a very visual person and I have a big imagination. So sometimes these types of activities work really well for me. And, um, Well, let me explain. So one of them is if you're really struggling with something or you need to like release a limiting belief belief or release this control you have over something, it could be a worry, it could be a fear, it could be um, a doubt you have in yourself. So you write it on a piece of paper. So you write it down because there's something about writing that actually helps get something out into the universe. So you write down the fear, whatever the limiting belief is that you're trying to release And then you fold it up and you put it in some kind of vessel, like some kind of vessel that means something to you. It could be a small jewelry box. It could be just any kind of little, I had, I have this small little piece of pottery. It's like a small thing that I used to put paper clips in. Um, it's just like a small little, like little vessel. Um, and so I wrote something on this piece of paper and I folded it up and I put it in there. And basically I said, I need to release you into the universe. Well, then you leave it in there for like a week and you just sort of let the universe marinate on this thing. And also, of course, your subconscious is marinating on trying to let it go. And then after about a week, um, when you've had time to process and that kind of thing, you take it out and you actually put a match to it. Now, do this over a toilet because I am not condoning pyrotechnics or anything, but you put a a match to it. And again, this is a tiny little piece of paper. It's not like a huge thing. Um, You put a match to it or a lighter and you let it burn a little bit and then you drop it into the toilet and you, and, and you flush the ashes away and you just sort of release it. And that is kind of like a visual of just letting it go and letting God in the universe handle it because our mortal selves just, we can't control the things that we want to control. Um, The other thing that I learned um, recently that I I found to be very helpful is, so it's, it's, it's a visual where you, okay, so when we have negative people in our lives or we have people who have negative energies, we can't, it can't, that is going to inevitably affect our energy and that is going to bring us down to a lower frequency. And when we're at a lower frequency, we're welcoming more low frequency experiences into our lives. So... It, but it doesn't have to just necessarily be a person that has negative energy surrounding it. It could be a place. It could be a memory. It could be um, a a decision. And it, it could be, you know, um, and I, you know, like a just, well, usually it's it's a place or a person or an experience or a fear. And so if that, if that thing or person has a negative energy surrounding it, it is going to affect us. So basically in this visual You get very quiet and still, and you imagine this black, long cord attaching 
yourself, it's coming out of your heart and you, it's attaching to this other person or this place or this, whatever it may be that's, that's, um, you know, surrounded in negative energy. And you think about the Archangel Michael, I know this sounds very metaphysical, but I love this kind of stuff. You think about him surrounding you with love and then taking his golden sword and severing that cord that you have with this other person or, uh, or experience or place. And if the cord falls to the ground, it disintegrates and you have to just let that go. You have to think of that as the end that's done. I'm putting a boundary up. I'm not, I'm not letting that affect my life anymore or bring my energy down because I promise you, I have experienced this time and time again, since I've moved into sort of this more spiritual place that's it's very deeply spiritual and not and not just about it's not a Christianity type faith that's a much deeper faith than that but when I've started to let go of things and hand them over to the universe it is it is it is like a literal release off my chest and I feel like my energy and vite and frequency has increased and the people who are around me all the time feel it and it just, it's an amazing feeling. So if you need a visual, like the two that I just mentioned to help you do this kind of thing, then those are two examples. And the reason that this helps regulate your nervous system is because it releases that thing that's either pulling you down or making you worry. And that alone will re-regulate your nervous system because it's helping to stop all that cortisol release. So those were a couple of other activities I wanted to offer. Um, Beth and I are going to go into this a little further as far as you know, in future episodes, we love talking about this whole thing with the nervous system because it's a very hot topic right now and you can find a lot of information on it, but it is one of the core reasons that people are miserable these days, basically. Um, people get stuck in the freeze where they literally almost just shut down and become numb to everything and disassociate. Um, they get stuck in the fight or flight where they're constantly fighting people or fleeing from everything. Um, they're staying at home. They're not going to social events. They're avoiding conflict. They're avoiding financial problems. That would be fleeing, you know, fighting is being ragey, being, you know, having a chip on your shoulder, being annoyed with everybody that's fighting, you know, in the rest and digest phase is just being relaxed, like being relaxed and open to the goodness that's all around us if we're willing to welcome it in. So that's what she and I are talking about when we talk about rest and digest. That's where we want to be most of the time, unless we are in fact in a state of danger and we need to, you know, we need to rely on these fight and flight responses out of necessity. But otherwise, the goal is to try to stay in that rest and digest place. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us and I hope everyone has a beautiful day. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. My goal is to share information and inspiration so that women feel seen, heard, and empowered. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, please share. Lastly, if you have a topic or idea that you want to hear more about, or if you want me to expound upon a topic I've previously discussed, please let me know. Message me on any of my social media platforms or email at susanna.shetley at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.